Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. I have been called a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of negative things, but never boring. In fact, I'm often told how interesting I am and that I'm a good conversationalist. (laughs) But here's a secret. I don't feel interesting and I find it difficult to be interesting to others. And frankly, I don't always find others to be interesting to me. I realize this may sound like circular reasoning, so let me uh, be a little bit more specific. Starting with Well, talking on the phone. I don't like it. Not so much because I'd rather text or email, though I really would, but because I don't know what to say, especially if we're just talking to catch up. Frankly, I've never been very good at small talk. In fact, when my late husband and I had a bed and breakfast, I'd send him in to talk to the guests first because he was great at small talk. Then I joined in when the conversation turned to things other than the weather, the route they took to get to Gettysburg, or their holiday plans. Come on, folks, let's get deep. (laughs) You know, I actually had to learn how not to engage people in trying to solve the world's problems. Another reason I don't like to talk on the phone is I don't have an escape plan. I have someone in my life who is very dear to me, and she wants to chat on the phone, but I always offer excuses. The reason I do so is because she goes into the most minute detail about people I neither know nor care about. I don't know how to tell her I'm not interested in that kind of minutiae, so I I do my best to just avoid it. Well, apparently I'm not the only person who has some sort of phone anxiety. One psychologist is quoted as saying, and I'll put the reference source on the Woman Worthy Facebook page, quote, talking face-to-face may be intuitive, but talking on the phone requires an understanding of a subtler etiquette. Breaking a phone call down into its parts, and you have to know how to gracefully segue from the greeting into the next phase, when to pause, when to jump in, how to wind things down. Oh my goodness, no wonder I don't like talking on the phone. All right, the quote continues. It's something that takes practice. Once you've gotten that far, the psychologist in question recommends setting concrete goals like calling someone and staying on the line for five full minutes. The key is starting small and working from least to most nerve-wracking. If having an easy, freewheeling chat sounds terrifying, start with a more formal, structured call and write yourself a script beforehand. Maybe try saying a few things out loud to yourself. And then when there's nothing left to do but dial, you get to dialing. End quote. Well, I'm not sure this addresses my issue, which is, don't bore me. And, And conversely, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm boring you or alienating you. And yes, I can alienate because I find if I'm interesting to you, it's likely because I'm telling stories I've told a zillion times before, so I'm boring myself. 
And if I'm trying to show that I'm interested in you, which usually means that I am interested, well then, because of my background as a journalist, I have a tendency to come off as interviewing, and that's off-putting too. In neither situation do I feel genuine. I'll also confess that I often don't take the time or make the effort to find out more about the person of whom my first impression is boring. Recently, I was at a gathering where I asked the woman next to me, and what are you doing during retirement? Her answer was, I quilt and take care of my grandchildren. I immediately wrote her off as boring, not wanting to bother with trying to draw her out. On the other hand, just the other day, I was in a cafe. I saw a man reading a book. Yes, a real book, not a device. So I asked him what he was reading. Turns out it was about the efficacy of various cancer treatments by a well-known oncologist. And we were off into what turned out to be a delightful conversation. So those are my prejudices. You quilt and take care of your grandchildren. Though, of course, I've done my own share of handiwork, and I loved taking care of my grandchildren when they were little. And I think, boring, you're reading a book, and I think, hmm, maybe an interesting person is there. Now, conventional wisdom has it that if you you are a bored person, you'll be boring to others. I'm not so sure that's true, because I know plenty of people who are engaged in their interests and activities, but... They're not engaging. Nevertheless, if you feel you might be presenting yourself as boring, you might want to consider these comments that I resourced. Boring people always do the same thing. Boring people are always bored, restless, and unhappy. Boring people are hanging with the wrong crowd. Boring people are talking too much without adding value. Boring people are too focused on their problems. Boring people can't make anyone laugh. Boring people don't have anything interesting to say. Boring people don't have balanced conversations. Boring people don't have the ability to include others in the conversation. Boring people don't have the ability to take the perspective of another. Boring people don't have their own personality. Boring people don't know how to become a good storyteller. Boring people don't understand if others are engaged in their conversation. Boring people have poor improvisational skills. Boring people lose their sense of wonder and imagination. Boring people never put down their phone for a minute. Boring people repeat themselves when starting to talk. Boring people start talking in a monotone voice always. I'm going to add to this. Women with high screechy voices. Oh, dear. Boring people are stuck inside their comfort zone. Boring people's thoughts are constantly negative. Well, the same source for those signs that I just uh, uh, read recommends that in order to not be boring, you should... Take control of the conversation. Speak about intelligent topics, but be sure you've researched carefully so you don't come across as foolish or uninformed. Refrain from speaking excessively. Don't be shy. Remember to be more charismatic, more fun-loving. Stop wasting time on things that don't matter. Make sure you ask questions that are important. Also, when others are stating their ideas, 
Show some interest in them. Look into their eyes. Smile a little when they say something nice. Improve your body language. For example, always keep your toes pointed toward the other person. Huh? Okay. Don't keep your hands crossed or akimbo. Hands on hips. And I love this one. Work on some more of your fun qualities. <laughs> Why when I read this? Do I feel as if I'm reading one of those articles from Seventeen Magazine that told me how to be popular, which always boiled down to look like you're having fun and enjoying what the boys also like. At this stage of my life, that all sounds so contrived. Now, I'm not saying there's not some good advice in there, but overall, it sounds pretty inauthentic to me. Well, maybe that's the key. Maybe we should first determine if we come across as boring, whether or not we actually are, and then work on how to be authentically engaged. Okay, you may be boring if you are negative. Nothing is more boring than a person who always sees the negative side of things, who's always complaining. If you're superficial, the bore doesn't engage in deep conversation. Instead, the boring person talks too much about unimportant things such as the weather or repeats the same things over and over. It's impossible to make any sort of real connection with someone like that. Impassive, unexpressive, speaks in a monotone, doesn't make eye contact, seems completely disengaged. This is a sure sign of a bore. By the way, I'm going to make an aside here. I realize that these are similar to the previous ones that I read to you, but there are some differences, so I thought it was worthwhile to include these. All right, you also may be boring if you're self-centered. Boring people talk too much about themselves and show little interest in others. The self-centered bore holds the floor too long, is long-winded, and when telling a story, takes forever to make a point. Hmm, I wonder if... That's me. Okay, predictable. Boring people use too many tired cliches. They agree too readily and too often, and they rarely express any strong opinions of their own. Bores can sometimes be overly solicitous. They appear too nice, always complimenting others over and over again. I have to confess, I personally have a prejudice against people who are too nice. Show me some edge. <laughs> then we can talk. Then we'll be friends. Now, we all know from Psych 101 about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, from the basic physical needs up through safety, to love and belonging, to esteem, to being, self, to be, to being esteemed, that is, and finally to self-actualization. So, to stop being boring, we have to connect with others because we want to be loved and accepted. And the most effective way to connect is to make the other person feel you are engaged with, interested in them. From my perspective, the best way to do that is to actually find something about that person that does engage you. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a passion, even if it's quilting or their grandchildren or, or reading books by oncologists. One expert recommends quote, creating more emotional excitement, unquote, for the other person, which is also more emotionally exciting for you 
and will help keep you more engaged. All right, some ideas for doing this. Stop using social scripts. Get out of your comfort zone and start asking questions that matter, such as, what has been the best part of your week? What gets you up in the morning? Working on any passion projects at the moment? Of course, Barbara Walters was made fun a lot for asking somebody, who was it, Katherine Hepburn? If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? <laughs> Ask questions about what they find important. Put their ideas a step further. Ask why and how more than what and when. Commit to total engagement. Don't stare over their shoulder to see who's coming into the room who might be more interesting to you. Don't engage by looking at your cell phone. Um, okay, so returning to that issue with which I have problems, small talk. Bernie Carducci is director of shyness research. Yeah, apparently that's a thing. At Indiana University Southwest, uh, no, excuse me, Southeast. And he's the author of The Art of Small Talk, How to Get the Conversation Rolling with Practically Anyone. He actually does provide a script for small talk. And you know, I think I just may copy it and carry with me for gatherings where I am at a complete loss as to how to converse superficially. Step one, Bernie says, is to begin with setting talk, such as making comments about the weather or other facets of the environment. Like, boy, this line is long. The purpose of setting talk is to let others know that you're willing to make conversation. Nothing more, nothing less. So don't feel like your setting talk remarks have to be witty or brilliant. It's best, Bernie says, to keep them simple. Step two, what he calls the personal introduction. In addition to clearly enunciating your name, you can anticipate the next question and provide information about what you do for a living or recreation. A common mistake made by bad conversationalists is to provide only a terse comment within the personal introduction, such as, I work in an office. Okay. A more constructive response would be, I work in an office of a company that manufactures widgets. Okay. This provides hooks for others to latch onto. So tell us some of the stories or some of the people about some of the people who want widgets or some of the strange things that have happened to widgets so that the conversation can begin to flow. Another strategy is to prepare a small and preferably charming opening statement a simple pre-planned personal introduction can help jumpstart a conversation. I mean, you can introduce yourself as, you know, a hello, you know, I'm a, a, a radical feminist or, you know, whatever. Uh, step three, pre-topical selection, which is throwing out topics for possible discussion. As in, I really like this movie. The implicit rule is when someone throws out a topic, Support it, either by asking a question or making a comment. Step four, the post-topical elaboration. Associate the topic of conversation to other related topics. For example, if you're talking about vacations, you might say, well, speaking of vacations, we had some great Caribbean food on our last vacation. So now the conversation evolves into food or food-related topics. 
um, ethnic foods, cooking shows, music heard in restaurants, and so forth and so on. It's the give and take of post-topical elaboration that makes conversing so much fun. And step five, Bernie says, conversation termination. Finally, when terminating a conversation, let the person know you'll be leaving soon, express gratitude for the conversation, summarize some of the major points, and set the stage for future conversation. So when I'm on the phone and I want to get off, I say, okay, I've taken up enough of your time. I'm going to let you go. And of course, everyone knows what I really mean. And I may say something to be nice, like, I'll look forward to the next time we talk. And then regret that I actually said that. <laughs> Bad conversationalists also tend to get stuck at setting talk, you know, the weather or this line is long, or they spend too much time focused on their favorite topic, whether it's baseball statistics or Star Wars. It reminds me, I was recently at an historical society event, and the man sitting next to me during the, the break wanted to tell me about one particular Civil War battle. Well, I tried several ways to let him know I wasn't interested, as in, well, my late husband and I had a B&B &B in Gettysburg, so I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the war, but thanks. No, he kept on, he kept on talking, yawn, but I listened. I didn't want to be unkind. Thank you for listening. I hope I haven't bored you. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.